Good after, well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, <laughs> thank you for joining us today. I am Tamika Gray, Proposal Project Manager uh, at Health Catalyst and the moderator for today's session, Mental Health and the Era of Diversity and Inclusion. You may read my full bio in the conference app if you have not done so already by searching your device at the App Store. You will also be able to rate our session and contact the panel members after the seminar as well as read our full bios. Like I said, like again, I said, I'm Tamika Gray, Proposal Project Manager at Health Callus. I live in Decatur, Georgia, which is right outside of Atlanta, if anybody knows Atlanta. I'm somewhat, <laughs> I'm somewhat newly married, going on five years to my best friend. I have two adult sons, ages 31 and 23. And in my spare time, I enjoy spending time with my family. Me and my husband are foodies, so we're, every weekend we're trying to find a new spot in Atlanta to try. I'm joined today by my panelists. First up, Nadine Lewis, my teammate at Health Callus. Nadine serves as Director of Client Success. Nadine, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Good morning. As Tamika stated, my name is Nadine Lewis, I'm Director of Client Success. I have over 15 years of experience in healthcare. I am certified in revenue cycle. I speak four languages, originally born in Haiti. I am based out of Atlanta. I have three beautiful girls, and I am married to my best friend for over 22 years, your wonderful, supportive husband. Thank you. Thank you, Nadine. Our next panelist is Rhonda Davis. Rhonda serves as a quality data abstractor at Health Catalyst. Uh, Rhonda, will you tell us a little bit about yourself as well? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, I'm Rhonda Davis. I am an RN, and um, I have 20-plus years of bedside nursing. I've recently um, switched career paths, and I'm now in technology, so healthcare meets technology. It's been wonderful. Um, I live in Seattle, Washington. I have four children, um, ranges from 29 years old to 15, and I married my high school sweetheart, and that's it. Thank you, Rhonda. And last but certainly not least, we have Brianna McCullough Wea. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm going to get up. Um, Brianna <laughs> serves as an infrastructure program manager at Google. Brianna, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Good morning, everyone. I'm super excited to be here. Um, it's a full circle moment for me because I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Um, currently, me and my husband live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I graduated with my MBA from University of Southern California in May of 2023, so that was just this year, and it was the same month we also got married. So super excited to be here and talk to you all about mental health. Awesome. Thank you, Brianna. We will take questions um, after the, the seminar uh, for, from, our, from our wonderful attendees, so thank you. This session, uh, Mental Health in the Era of Diversity and Inclusion, will cover uh, a few topics, struggles, challenges, and understanding when it comes to mental health, you know, the impact of a flexible, uh, flexible work-life balance, you know, how DNI programs are helping employees, and what can um, H&R do to help mental, mental health wellness for their employees in the workplace. So before we get started, I'm going to put up a little poll question. So do you know for our audience, do you know how much your work impacts your mental health? Yes, no, maybe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to say it aloud. <laughs> how about, how about you? you, sir? To what degree? To what degree? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's great. That's a great segue. You know, the truth is not many people realize or even acknowledge, you know, how much work can affect their mental health. And, you know, until it bleeds into other areas of your life, you know, particularly amongst diverse populations. You know, for years, mental health has been 
uh, a little, that you know, little dirty secret no one wants to talk about. You know, it was a sign of weakness or, or shame that so many of us, um, and especially people of color, didn't want to deal with. You know, we didn't want to admit it. You know, or definitely not be stigmatized. Um, uh, you know, by seeking treatment. You know, seeking treatment was like not even an option. But unfortunately, the impact, that impact has been massive to our community in so many levels. And even though the tide is slowly shifting, you know, and more people are talking about, you know, ways to protect their mental health, the stressors that we have to deal with, you know, as a diverse communities, you know, whether it's racism, discrimination, you know, poverty, violence, you know, it doesn't make that effort easy at all. And I'm sure there isn't a person in this room that wasn't affected by the pandemic. You know, um, and still being affected by the pandemic in some way. The world has like drastically changed, causing you know us to deal with mental health in a different way. It's it's deterred our productivity. You know, uh, the way we communicate with each other, and so many so many areas. So with that said, Nadine, um, can you walk us through some of the challenges employees are facing amidst this this new normal? Sure, absolutely. Whether you are a leader or a team member, we know that this is a fast-paced world. We are all day working, trying to meet project deadlines, trying to complete tasks, and you know we all have a long list, whether it's personal or professional. And with that, when you find yourself trying to deal with so many things, you can't help but to feel stressed or have some sort of anxiety. And those things do contribute to your mental health. And then you think about, you know, being burnt out. You find yourself, again, wanting to complete things and you don't have enough hours in the day. That can cause you to, if you, especially if you don't have a flexible time frame where you can say, well, you know, I'm going to work for eight hours or I'm going to do my personal life for another four. And if you have children, that just add on to you constantly going and going and going. And then there's the stigma, right, around mental health, especially in our community. We don't welcome or accept the fact that, yes, you are going to experience anxiety. You are going to experience stress. Whether you put a label on it or not, those things do contribute to your mental health. And so as we work through, and we will talk about this more and more, but you know, finding your level of balance, dealing with your children, dealing with the projects you have in life, those things, if you don't pause and have some sort of balance, they will contribute to your mental health. Absolutely, absolutely. And just to add to that, you know, like I said, you know, like I spoke earlier about mental health being, you know, a badge of shame. It used to be a badge of shame. And especially with our African-American men, you know, holding stuff inside, not seeking help. You know, I have a, an adult son who was diagnosed uh, as bipolar when he was 19. And just that just like tore our family apart because I, I, I had no clue how to deal with that. He had no clue how to deal with that. It took him years to kind of even grapple with the fact that this was his new normal. And so he challenged us all along the way, but you know, now that he's an adult, he understands the value in therapy, understands the value in, in taking his medication, and knowing that you know, this, is what life has, this is what life has brought you. You can either control it or you can take control. And so you know, with the tools that he's using, he's able to you know, manage his life better and just being able to function because of the mental health resources he's been exposed to. Exactly. And like, like, like some of my son, you know, when he first got diagnosed, I didn't know until I got a call from Grady. He, had, he was at work and had a breakdown. And I, I didn't know where he was for almost 24 hours. <laughs> and so a psychiatrist called me at work 
and said, you know, because he didn't even know where he was for whatever reason, they couldn't identify him. And then, um, you know, I'm slammed with this. And it was just like, that was like the beginning of this whole, you know, journey. And like I said, he battled it at first because he was like, oh, I, you know, I'm fine. I just didn't have enough sleep, you know, blah, 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 blah. But when I'm thinking back, like the days that led up to that, I'm like, I didn't catch it because <laughs> he wasn't sleeping. He was acting erratic, but I wasn't like taking mm -hmm. it. I'm like, boy, if you don't go sit down somewhere, <laughs> you know, but then it just kind of progressed until and then even before he went to work, he was fine. You know, he got a couple hours of sleep. He was fine. And then they called me. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, and he had to go into a facility for a couple of weeks, um, still ch battling in there. And so he was on his medication. He he went on his medication as the first time for a whole month. But then after that, he's like, I'm fine. The day he stopped taking his medication, he went into a full blown psychotic episode again. Wow. And so I think that shook him enough to say, okay, something, something's up and I need to do what I need to do. But it was, it was a journey, you know, it was, it was a journey. I but. just want to add to that. Um, I, I, to, to Ayana's point, it's funny because we all have family members that act kind of, you know, you and everyone in the family is like, oh, they're just strange right. or like, so they're, they're, you know, so and so, your cousin is a little off, but they're, but they really are struggling with something. Like my brother um, had struggled with bipolar disorder as we, I was growing up, and if you are a sibling of someone who struggles with mental health issues. It is a traumatic experience. Yes. As a young person through middle and high school, it is traumatic because what they're having is episodes. They usually call them, I think the clinical term is episodes. Mm -hmm. And you never know when it's gonna happen. You never know how long it's gonna last. You never know like when they call you what's going on. It's just, it was such a, my mom was working so we were left at home with him a lot. And he would have these, me and my, oh, there's three of us, so me and my other brother. It was traumatic. Like, so it, it just, that not getting them the right help at the right time right. is impactful to everyone around yeah. them, especially when you have a family and children growing up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, thank you for that. Yeah, so, yeah. That's so mm -hmm. true. Because yeah, with me, with him, it was, it was so sudden. You know, it was like, literally like the, when I think back the couple days before, he wasn't getting any sleep, but I, I wasn't, because he was young, I wasn't really attributing that too seriously. But I vividly remember I was asleep on the couch, and you know, you could just feel a presence <laughs> over you. And I woke up, and he was just like staring at me. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And he just said something, you know, I need, I need your car key. It was something weird, but I'm thinking I'm like half sleep. And he's like, I need your car keys. And I'm like, and I just remember going back to sleep. And then when I woke up at normal time, he was gone. And so I was calling him, couldn't reach him. And I remember I got in the car, was going down the street to go to the store. And he was coming up the street. He didn't have on a shirt. His, his face was bloody. I didn't know what had happened. Oh, wow. And he was incoherent. Like we got him in the house and it was me and my younger, my, he has a brother who's eight years younger. And so he was like just talking like all, it was, he was incoherent, just talking about so many things. If I would have thought then, I would have took him to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still like, you know, trying to grapple everything, trying to protect my youngest son because he's like hysterical. Mm -hmm. Get him out of here. Get him yeah. out of here. And so I'm like, you know, but he's my son. So I'm like, just calm down. Like, you know, and he, after he got a couple hours of sleep, then he just, he was fine. So, mm -hmm. and, you know, still, if I could redo everything, oh my God, I would have taken him to the hospital then. But it was like the next day, dropped him off at work, and that he wasn't there 20 minutes when they said all of this took place. 
he was on MARTA and just had an episode and they had to come and get him and take him to Grady. So just like stuff like personality, like weird stuff to make like when they have a, a sudden change like that, that's a warning sign. You know, that's a warning sign. And just, you know, any kind of change in their personality, their behavior, you know, just stuff that, you know, that's not what what you normally see from them. Are, are, but then, and then what comes with that is like, well, you don't want to just stigmatize them from the bat, or like, you know, oh, you're fine. You know, that was probably, probably something that was going on with me, too. I'm like, you know, no, you're, you're going to be fine. <laughs> you know, because I knew his father was, and that's another thing, his father was bipolar, but he wasn't diagnosed till later in life. Um, he was like in his 40s. So I'm not even thinking that would happen to him this soon. He was 19 years old. So it's just like, it's a, several things, but that was the, the biggest for, for us. You know, his drastic, per, like overnight, literally, this happened. It came out the blue. So, but thank you for that. I think if, just last, last thing. I know we have to move on to the next question. <laughs> but it, it reminds me of having had a sibling and growing up like that, and I have a best friend who has a sibling growing up like that. It's interesting because you'll hear people like, oh, their family is not, they're on the streets, their family is not supportive, or they're in a clinic, in and out of the clinic. And what people don't understand, this is the biggest thing that people don't understand, when like he was standing over you and yeah. like you didn't know, they get strong. When they have yeah. an episode, a psychotic, you don't know what could take place. It's a scary, very, very yeah. scary, if you've never been through it before, situation. And a lot of times when you have other people in the household, it is, and I'm sure as a parent, I'm not a parent, you are stuck because you're like, this is my child, right. but this is, de like, depending on the, the level, it's like, how do I manage that and making sure they're okay or something my mom struggled with? And, like, I have these two other kids that are trauma being traumatized mm -hmm. in their own home right. because, you know, and, and it, it seemed like every time she left or whatever, it would be a small thing, he would just freak right. out, you know, and, and, yeah. and just, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It, and I always tell people not to judge people when you see them deciding mm -hmm. to go the facility route or deciding not to take people in because it is a very hard decision to make. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's, a, it's hard. It's just, yeah. That's all I can it's say is that it's just hard. Because it's not like a, even with the, down to the medication. It's not a no-brainer. With right. the medication, it took years to get him to, the medication is so... It's not like you could take this pill and that person's gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, with him, it took like several medications to get him the right balance mm -hmm. to where, you know, he, he didn't wanna take it because it made him feel funny, but you gotta get to that level that it gets into your body that you start to feel good. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's just, especially at 19, you're like, you know, it's so many factors that come with that, which is like, it's such a, it's such a you know, complex disease, mm -hmm. you know, having to deal with. And to add to that, one of the things that you said was, how do you notice the signs, right? right? If you're thinking about your spouse, depending on the job they do, we know that doctors and nurses right now, they are getting hurt physically, mm -hmm. right? And that can impact them. And you think about verbal abuse. If you're at a, a job where you feel like you are not respected and you find yourself, or if you're watching your husband, if you used to be one drink a night and the one drink a night turns to two or three yeah. or four, Something is going on. Yeah. You know, if you find yourself, you know, you're going out too often, what are you is trying to escape from? Right. And then you think about your children. If you have a child that used to be very bubbly, and all of a sudden they are in their room all day, yeah. not wanting to come out, not wanting to play, or they're changing their clothes, or they find themselves in a dark space, so they're expressing themselves differently. I know in our community, you know, we have a higher power, and we, but sometimes it's not 
you know, you're praying, but you have to do other things. Mm -hmm. In therapy, it's okay. And if you find yourself not equipped enough to provide the help to your spouse or your children, let it be acceptable for you to say, you know what? It's time for us to seek outside help. And it's okay. So part of it is really paying attention. And if your child used to be very slim and now eating a lot, those are the kind of things you find, okay, what are you trying to escape from? Mm -hmm. And be willing to be vulnerable yourself and say, you know what, I go through things. You know, let's talk about it. If you don't feel comfortable to talk to me as your parent, let's give you a safe place. It may not be with me. It may be a higher power leader or pastor in the church or what have you. But let's at least know that you can get help and it is okay. Yeah. And that's a good segue uh, as far as people in, the, in the, the workplace, Nadine. So what do you think some of the challenges, you know, employees face today in the workplace? I would say, I, you know, I read an article, actually, um, you sent over to me, Tamika, called Black Fatigue. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, us as African-American, we try to show up 150%. We don't think we enough. We come in trying to do double the work. And there may be times where I know for me, I'm sometimes the only one, right? And I feel like I don't have an ally in the room and you don't understand where I'm coming from. Those things are frustrating for a team member, right? Or you don't feel respected. You know, you speak on something and no one is listening or you're not making changes enough or poor quality of life. What does that look like? You're working 12 to 14 hour day. Why? Or better yet, you on in a team where at the end of the day, they can go out and play the golf and drink. That's not your life. That can contribute to some of that when you think about a work environment. Or you find a boss pressuring you or you being bypassed for a promotion that you think you so deserve. But because you come in, you can't be too quiet. You can't be too aggressive. You try to find that middle ground and you don't fit anywhere. That impacts you when you think about a work-life environment. And if you don't have the balance to say, you know what, I don't have a mentor to speak to, I don't have someone I can relate to, those things I can speak firsthand. I've experienced them myself. And in a workplace, that can contribute to your mental health. And kudos to you for speaking on that, because a lot of times younger folks do not want to speak on it. And the fact that you can feel empowered enough, and that's what this kind of, you know, conferences are important, because it makes it okay. And one more thing I am going to add with children. I have an 11-year-old. Just last week, she came home. Hey, how you doing? I'm like, you know, just talking to her. And then I said, hey, don't forget, you have a test, you have this. And she stopped and put her hand on her forehead. And I looked up, I said, what's going on? And she was like, nothing, mommy, nothing. I said, no, what's going on? She said, well, I just feel so stressed. You're putting too much pressure on me. Mm -hmm. I just got home. That's what we do, and we don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. And that was like our opener. I'm like, okay, honey, I'm sorry. And just stopped and give her a chance to just, you know, hey, We'll talk about it, let's talk through it. And at the end, it was not that she had a lot to do. It was the pressure of all the things I was saying to her that just seemed too much, and she just couldn't you know, handle it. So kudos to you for that. Absolutely. I just wanted to add really quick. Um, I know you said you're 23, and I think of me, I'm 30 now, but when I think of me as a 23-year-old, I'm, I was working as a network engineer at Target headquarters. 
And I remember at the time I was, before I went there, I was at 3M and I ended up going to an event and I met um, a director of infrastructure. That's how I got into infrastructure. At the event, he brought me into Target for a tour, hit it off, he gave me a job offer and I left 3M for Target. I ended up on a team. On the floor, I was the only black woman and I had a mentor that had a Harvard MBA, um, white woman. And when I say she almost hazed me, like it was so brutal the way that she treated me. And looking at that as I'm in my career today and I, you know, how, where I am today, I'm like, I, I think of myself in those shoes. I was, had such anxiety every day showing up to work. My manager, the, the thing about me is that my manager was great amazing, but I think he knew there was nothing because they weren't going to let her go because she was too smart and she was driving business initiatives. And at the end of the day, that is the bottom line for a lot yep. of what people, that is the bottom line for a lot of people, yep. whether we like it or not. So he knew that I was in a bad spot, but he was always championing me, always supporting me. And when I left, we both cried. I left during the pandemic and, and just told him I was going to Google and whatever he wrote. He still, we keep in touch to this day, wrote my recommendation letter for MBA school. Uh, school. But I say that to say is that as a 30-year-old, I look at those scenarios, and you will in a couple years too, you know, and I look at, I'm like, they better be lucky I'm not who I am today <laughs> back then. Because it would have been a complete, how I am today in my position and at work, I, I speak up for myself. It, as soon as I think things going awry, and even when my manager is like, ah, oh, that came off kind of bitey, you know, when I argue with some of our stakeholders, I'm like, but I'm speaking up for myself. And that has come to be important to me in my career, and it's always going to be important to me. So what I will say to that is just keep in mind that it's not going to be like this forever. See, the most important thing you can do is continue to advocate for yourself and speak up. And when you feel like that is not enough, you leave and you find a better job. Yep. Human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we Absolutely. are human. Yeah. We've moved right. on to the soft life now. Right. Yes. <laughs> We've moved on. Right. Yeah. And I know we Absolutely. touched on like family, you know, how to spot mental health issues with our family. Like Nadine, how do you think we can spot mental health? Like what's your take on uh, spotting mental health issues in the workplace? In a workplace, whether again, team member or leader, I say if you notice that a team member uh, used to show up energized, getting projects done, and then all of a sudden projects are getting delayed, instead of just trying to be aggressive, like what's going on, maybe this is the time that you stop and think, okay, hmm, let's have a conversation. You know, how can I help you balance this project? because that can be a sign if you notice that drastically their work performance is changing. Or if the employee is a remote employee, you notice that they are late to meetings, or when they do show up a meeting, their video always turned off. Or there can be substance abuse as well, right? If you notice that their speech is kind of sluggish, those are some ways that you can notice something might be going on. Or better yet, if they are showing up to work and they are very aggressive in meetings and that's not their normal behavior. Like instead of having a low tone like they normally would have, they find themselves like poking at people or questioning things as just making it very combative. Those are some ways that you can notice that in a team member. And I would say too, if you find yourself working with a team member too, that just, you know, a lot of time, a lot of PTO, this is a time that you just say, okay, let me just understand more. What is happening? Because when you know the person you've been working with, even if it's a professional working environment, 
there are trends that you can pay attention to. And instead of showing up and saying, you know, aggressively, you're not doing X, Y, and Z, this is the time where you say, okay, well, why is X, Y, and Z not being done? And be human about it. And instead of being a boss or, you know, a, a team member that's like, you know, you're not doing your job. No, people are going through things. Mm-hmm. In my company, the CEO, he always starts a meeting by showing a big pie, right? And then with that big circle, he has a little line that says, you know this much about someone's life. And that little you know about that someone's life is not enough for you to make a judgment. So step back and then just evaluate. So um, we all know, like, COVID has impacted all of us. <laughs> and it's definitely changed the way the world works, you know, how we work, you know, with different uh, flexible work-life balance um, options now. Rhonda, how, do you, how does that play into our mental health? Yeah, so um, it plays into our mental health because we have so many things that we need to accomplish during the day. Um, To your point, people call us all the time. They demand things from us, work demands from us, family demands from us. And when you have that remote work schedule, we can definitely get off track. Um, I talk to several people and I ask them, do you feel like you work more now that you're working from home or less? And mostly everybody tells me, I feel like I work more. Um, And that's because, you know, we're pulled in so many different directions. So um, in terms of impacting our mental health, I think that, um, again, boundaries, those boundaries that you spoke of, Mm -hmm. we really need to make sure we have those boundaries. Um, To-do list, you know, Today, these are the things that I am going to do. And just really stick to that um, because it really can be impactful when we're trying to take on so much and be helpful to everybody. And we just cannot do it all as much as we want to, we just can't. And so um, we, in order to be our best selves, we have to have that mental health. We have to be in a good state to be able to do that. So yeah, it's it's, it, the boundaries, focus, balance, and boundaries. Yeah. That's what we need. And I know, um, to touch on that, you know, before, like, COVID hit, I was I was working remote. Like, if you live in Atlanta, <sighs> I, I, I've been working remote for a while, and um, mainly because of Atlanta. And the traffic situation, I was in the car four hours a day, which took... I, you know, I was like ready to fight by the time I get to work. And you got these employees hired to me. No, no. I need like at least 10 minutes to, to yeah. gather myself. Um, but that just took such a toll, especially when my kids were young. And, you know, I'm rushing home, you know, because I live further out, you know, because all the jobs were mainly in the city. So I live further out. And, you know, taking two hours one way, I'm like ready to kill everybody. <laughs> by the time I get home and, you know, you feel guilty, you got young kids, you're trying to get the basketball games, the football games, and it was just too much. And then, um, you know, we had that ice storm like a few years back, and I was caught on that highway for 24 hours, and I said, this will never happen again. (laughs) I don't care if I have to work under the bridge. (laughs) I'm about to find me a remote position. And so once I got into that, I mean, it's just been such a weight lifted, you know. I know some people have to have that that interaction in office. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but they, go ahead. Write that into your day. 
on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at this time. It's a hard stop, and I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Put it on your calendar. Put it, put it on yes. your calendar. Yes. <laughs> Just like any other meeting. Schedule it for yourself. And can I suggest mm -hmm. that if you're having one-on-one -on -one meetings with whomever, say, you know what, I'm going to go for a walk and do that? Because mm -hmm. that's one thing I started doing with my team. I said, you know, for your one-on-one, -on -one, we're just going to take a walk and talk at the same time. Because mm -hmm. you need that sunlight. And I think it's very important that you engage, you know, because, yeah. again, you always come fine, right? And another thing I will suggest is date yourself, and when I mean by date yourself, take yourself out to lunch, put it on the calendar and say, you know what, I'm going to take myself to lunch. I don't care if you just drive through McDonald's. Right. Mm -hmm. Date yourself. Because yeah. I'm seeing more so and more fair. like team members I work with on their calendars, mm -hmm. they'll say, it'll say walking the dog or going on a lunch break yeah. or going yeah. to work out. And it's on their main calendar that everybody can see. So everybody knows. Don't contact me during this time. I'm taking it for myself. Yeah, you just got to be yes. proactive. <laughs> yes. And I agree with Rhonda. So I, um, one of the things that I have made a habit of doing, so when I started school, I decided I was going to work on California time. I live in CT time, Central, uh, meaning I don't start work until like 11 a.m., 11.30 most days. But I get up, I go to the gym, I ease into my day. It allowed me time to do my homework and things that I need to get done before I started work. I do the grocery shopping. I'm usually done with dinner. <laughs> like I do all of these things before I even open my laptop to start working. Um, and on my appointments, if I want to get my hair done, 9 a.m. appointment, because I'm home by 11, yep. to start working. You know, like, build, use that time if you start work, depending on what time, I don't know what time you start, but use that for that self-care or like those mm -hmm. things. I don't want to get my hair done on the weekends. I don't want to sit in the shop on the weekends. I don't want to get my nails done on the weekend. I want to get that done during the week. Yeah. So my Saturdays and Sundays can be my Saturdays and Sundays with my husband, my family, and my friends. So um, think about it like that. Then you, by Friday, you've gotten all your personal stuff done, you got your work stuff done, and you're ready to relax and do whatever you want for the weekend. To add to that, you know, I have like a small group of people, a small group of friends. So me and my best friend, we like once, once a month, like we'll do self-care Sundays. And we'll go out to lunch, we'll go get a massage, and we just turn off. <laughs> and, you know, it, it like kind of recharges you to kind of be able to tackle the rest of your crazy life. Mm -hmm. But that's essential, just having bonding time with your friends or family or whatever, put that on the calendar, put mm -hmm. it in the book, you know, and don't veer from it. That's the main thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you said something that was very key, you are intentional. Now, I learned from Brianna earlier that Eventbrite has some free activities that you can do. Yeah. And that's something I'm going to look into because I like the word free. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look that up. So that's another segue into um, into uh, Brianna. So how do you think DNI programs help employees today deal with their mental health? So I would say you you took my answer away. <laughs> you stated it because um, we were ta we were talking we were talking about that earlier. So I was saying how at Google it's a, a special place, right? Because they have so many ERG groups. I mean, you can find an, a group for walking the dog. You can find a group for moms. You can find a group where people are selling furniture. You can find. I mean, seriously, there's no reason why you 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 can find your people. Um, there's the the classic groups like BGN, which you know is the black group. They have the Asian groups and things of that nature. 
And then they have outside, like there are just so many things that you can be a part of um, that, that's specific to Google. Now for DNI, they have, again, on campus, they have different uh, therapists and things. I, I had laughed and I was just like, if you trust them, because all the way on social media, they're like, never going to see a therapist at your job, but it's confidentiality. <laughs> I mean, if they're leaking things, then that's illegal, right? right. Um, so Google does very great about that. And then massages, like you get everyone, there are Googlers in here. So, you know, you get the birthday massage every year on your birthday. Um, and so those are some of the things internally, right, that you can be a part of if you have that desire. Um, now, I'm going to tell the same story. I moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, right after college to work at 3M. Um, they had a quality engineering program at the time. The first week, I was at every event bright that was free. I was a broke, just got out of college student. I needed to find some people and I needed it to be free. So I was signing up constantly. My One of my best friends today, I met the first week I moved to Minnesota because I, who've never been interested in law school, showed up at a law school event because it was free and she was working at the registration table. And we looked at each other and we were just like, oh my goodness, like, hello, her name is Brianna as well. What are the odds? And she was from Detroit. I had never met, yes, it was wild. And I always say we're soulmates. Like we are literally soulmates. And the next day we went to a play together. The next day, like we were two people. She had just moved there for law school. I had just moved there for work. So we were just two people that were just figuring Minnesota out together. We did photo shoots on the weekends. We would just, nice. I got a camera for Chris. I'm like, girl, we about to be influencers. Like it just, I was having, we were having a ball truly. And I was talking about another thing internally, like people are like, oh, there's no place for me. One of the things that I've recently been um, kind of, I hate to say plagued with, but just kind of like is um, working through is sobriety. So like one of the things that has been interesting is like, I was, you know, drinking my wine, one cup turned into two cups, turns into three. And if you ever see, saw me, you would never ever think, like when I finally had the conversation with my best friends, they were just like, what? Like, what, like, what are you talking about? And, and if you know, if you're ever went through that or know someone, community is extremely important. And so I'm like, I'm not going to, like, I, it was a, I didn't feel like I, at the time and nobody ever feels like I need to go to AA or anything like that. But I was like, I do want to talk to people at moderation and who have dealt with similar situations. They have a group for that at Google. Like literally people who are recovering from all kinds of substances, whatever the case may be, was at Google, right? So it's just like, no matter where you are in the world, what you're going through, what you might be struggling with, there's someone out there. And if there's not, create it yourself. Yeah. There's plenty of space and room to create the program for you. And so that when someone else new joins and they're like, hey, there's nothing for nobody that looks like me, You've created that for them, and they don't have to have that experience. So just keep that in mind as you think about like programs internally, externally, and also don't tie all your programs to your job because as we've seen in this economy, it could be gone. So that's yeah. where the event brights, the meetups, the making friends outside of work really do. And I, I value sisterhood to the yeah. 20th level. My best friends are my life. <laughs> so I'm yeah. just like, they're my, they're my anchors, my lifelines, you know, mm -hmm. outside of my husband and my family. So. Um, Friends are important. Yeah. I tell people that I don't think there's enough uh, emphasis on friendship and sisterhood are two completely different things. Right. They're yes. different. Yep. They're different. Mm -hmm. But when you have a group of sisters, yeah. you don't do anything in life by yourself. You just right. don't.
Yeah. So, yeah. yeah to touch on like the programs, you know, mm -hmm. I've said this a million times. Before I started working at Health Callis, I didn't, I didn't know what an affinity group, ERG, I never even heard of that. And I worked for some big <laughs> corporations. Mm -hmm. They were never, those programs were never presented to me, mm -hmm. you know. And so when I joined Health Callis, um, that one over there at the end, she kidnapped me. <laughs> I didn't know she worked there because I was a small group of four people. I'm thinking I'm the only, and, we, and our company wasn't as diverse as, as it is now. So I truly thought I was the only one in the whole company until she, until she pinged me. And I'm like, who are you? She's like, you're joining Shades. <laughs> you're going to help. And just the connection with yeah. me and her yeah. outweighs everything else. Yeah. you know. And it was just a chance to meet her and other people that we brought into the circle that I would never would have met before because my group is so small. I never you know, knew all the, and we're all remote. The whole company's remote. So I didn't know that these programs existed. Yeah. So I, I'm just grateful for, you know. And that reminds me of Ayana. Ayana is introverted. The first time we met, because we were both getting awarded, we talked on Google Chat. We had a one-on-one. -on -one. And yesterday, I sat next to her at the event, and I kept talking, because I'm naturally a bubbly person. I was like, don't worry, I'm going to stop talking soon, because I know she's an introvert. But I was like, I'm, I'm going to sit next to you. And I was just like, this is going to be my friend. She's going to be like, it's important to find your people. So when she said, like, some way people find me, I definitely was the one who found her. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Thank you. So that's another segue into our next one. So this is kind of for everybody. What do you guys think that um, HR can do or even do better to help us with our mental health? Yeah, I can say at our company, Health Catalyst, we do have Tava Health, which is a therapy, you know, you can, and it's confidential um, therapy session that you can have. They pay for it, and it's for free for you. You get about 90 sessions per year. And then we also have something called Headspace, which is another place that you, you know, I, I'm seeing some nods. That's great. Mm -hmm. And um, I need to recommend the massage thing to them, like Google right. has. <laughs> right. Very important. But another thing I wanted to add to is aside from HR is when you have an affinity group or anything like that, it is important for you to connect and put the wall down. Because one thing I can say, and Tamika knows this, because I reach out to her in tears sometimes. You, For me, I show up with a wall up in every single meeting. And you do this on a regular, and sometimes you just want to bring the world down. And you can't do this with everyone. Yeah. And so to have, you know, you call the best friend at work, well, she's my best friend at work where I can just take my hat off, take the helmet off, and say, I'm, I'm showing up raw, and this yeah. is what is going on. So in addition with Tava Health and Headspace, Affinity Group, having someone at work you talk to is very important. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Connection, connection. Um, does anyone else have any any commentary on this subject, or anyone anything you wanted to share? Because that's kind of wrapping up the end of our presentation. So we're just going to open the floor up. If you guys want to share anything, any personal experiences. See, for me, I have three mentors, and I'm looking to get a coach. And I think it's very important because we have you know blind steps, right? You find yourself in your head. Sometimes it is bigger in your head versus, and it's important to just have someone to talk to and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. Help me understand my part in this because self-awareness is important. So I would say just running through and having someone that can mentor you. And I also have mentees. And sometimes I do see where, okay, I need you to step back and look at it from a different perspective. And I also want to piggyback on um, Nadine's point. 
about having mentors. I think the biggest asset that I've had is having a board of directors in my life. I have one for my marriage. I have one for my finances. I have a couple at work, right? So when I'm experiencing a situation similar to what you're going through, I say, hey, this is the information that I have, because that's all you have. Is, and I need you to tell me, you, these are people that you trust, that are going to be honest, that are going to give you critical feedback, or they're going to validate your, and they're going to validate you regardless, because you might not feel good about something that you created yourself. Your feelings are still valid, but the error is still there. And it, it, it is. And, and sometimes that happens to me, right? Like, I might get a little bitey with a stakeholder and like, you know, I might feel like, oh, they did X, Y, and Z, but it still doesn't justify the action that I took surrounding that, right? And when you have that group of people, your board of directors, those are the people you lean on when your your confidence is low or you're gaslighting yourself or you're not sure what role you play in a situation. Those people are there to say, this is not right. That's not right. And offer you that real-time feedback. I'm just going <laughs> like, to answer the, uh, the introvert question. Um, do you have extroverted friends? Hang out with them. Yeah. <laughs> they will, seriously, they will bring, it out, of they will bring yes. it out of you. Like, find some extroverted friends. Mm -hmm. and Or if you have them already, find yourself. And some extroverts are just extroverts. But you need the people that are right, kind of. Yeah, yeah, like that are balanced, but not just out in the wild. And yeah. I can add to that because I used to be shy, believe it or not. And I was an introvert until I met my husband, who... <laughs> has not met a stranger in his life, okay? <laughs> and so with that, I found myself just thinking about him and portraying that out. And now he's like, honey, you're worse than me. <laughs> and so with that, you know, gravitate to that. And as far as a mentor, look for someone that has something you want. Mm -hmm. and they don't have to be someone that looks like you, just the characteristics or a strong skill that you're looking for. And just say, hey, I love this, and I would like to gain that. Can we talk? So that would be a good way to start. Yeah, that is definitely. I'm pretty quiet myself, and um, what helps me is just finding connection with just one person to start yeah. off with. Mm -hmm. One person, find you guys have something in common, exchange back and forth. Take that one person to two, and is that our time? Okay. <laughs> and connection, connection, connection. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you guys have been wonderful.